0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're, 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 tuned, you're tuned into to It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati, the top podcast covering the defending AFC champion Cincinnati Bengals. Hosted by Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagada at Odyssey Sports Podcast.
1: We are back. It's always game day in Cincinnati. Lindsey Patterson, Mike Santagena. No off days, no off day Sundays for us. How you doing, Mike?
2: I'm doing pretty great. How are you doing, Lindsey?
1: It wasn't a bad day. I've been really lazy watching football since 930 this morning. I'm not sure about you. I know you had to get back home after that weekend in Cincinnati, but I've been pretty lazy just taking in all the football today.
2: I, uh, I had to help a friend move a couch, which isn't as fun.
1: No, 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 no. <laughs> you know why? As someone who has moved plenty of times, and I really do appreciate my family who helped me move, uh, when you get those friends who can just help you move the, the big furniture, that's, that's clutch. So good for you on this nice little off-day Sunday helping a friend out.
2: Yeah, I got paid in tacos and a margarita, so I'm okay with it, but...
1: <laughs> that's that's how to do it. But speaking of the NFL, it was a crazy day for NFL games. I'd say starting at 9.30. The 4 p.m. games have been kind of boring, but the 1 p.m., 9.30 a.m., the kick, everything about the last few hours has been pretty crazy in the NFL. And it was a good day for the Cincinnati Bengals, and they didn't even play today.
2: Great day, right? I mean, uh, the whole division is two and two or worse, including the Bengals who are two and two. So uh that after a terrible kind of start to the year with the first two games, they are right back into the thick of it.
1: I think the ones you really want to focus on, and uh, obviously we can get to Pittsburgh and seeing Kenny Pickett out there getting his semi-first start. Uh It was the second half, not, not the start of the first half, but going into the Bills and the Ravens game, that was wild because – the Bills are coming off that really strange game against the Miami Dolphins where, you know, they they were dealing with injuries. A lot of people talked about how hot it was. Josh Allen threw the ball right at the ground, and that didn't make much sense towards the end of that game. And then they started out pretty slow against the Baltimore Ravens. And then Baltimore does what we've seen them do a couple times this year. And that's just struggle in the second half of, of the game.
2: It's interesting, right? Because now that's two blown leads, big leads. They're not like they blew a three point lead in the fourth quarter. These are like they jumped out to like a 20 to 3 lead today and lost the game 20 to 23. They never scored after that, right? Okay. It was 20 to 3. And then the offense just completely sputtered. Their defense seems to start games very strong. And then, I don't know, 23 points straight or 20 points straight for the Bills. Doesn't look great. So I know when they played the Dolphins, I was pretty upset just as a neutral observer with what the defensive coordinator did in the second half of like, oh my God, why are you like running some disguise where your safety is at the line of scrimmage and has to get back to a deep half against two of the fastest players in the league. (laughs) It's like, um, that's probably not a great plan when you're trying to just take the time out and win the game. But okay, uh, yeah, they I don't know. I do you know the weirdest part to me with the Ravens? They they seem like they're built to win games that they jump out to a lead. That's the part that's really getting me. It's like it seems like the games, if they fell to a big hole is the games they should be losing, but they're doing fine in those type of games. And then when they build up these leads, the Ravens of 2019 and 2020, they just ran they ran the crap out of the ball. Ran the clock out and like you wouldn't get the ball back for eight minutes at a time. Now they're going three and out, punting it back and losing these games. It's crazy to me.
1: I feel like they were a little selfish on the goal line when, you know, I would have probably just taken the three points right there. And then what happens? He he gives the ball away and the Bills with a great drive down the field. Credit to them for that. But it just overall, when I watched that game, it was so flip-flopped because I thought, well, maybe our expectations for the Bills, because we have talked about in the pregame, you know, four weeks ago, what, what a lot of people were saying about the Buffalo Bills. They're going to go to the Super Bowl. They're, you know, a favorite for everyone, an AFC favorite. Uh, everyone likes to talk about the divisional game we saw with Kansas City last year and think, like, this team's a favorite. Maybe they still are. But, you know, they gave the ball away twice early on in that game and if they didn't that game could have been more lopsided in the bills favor so i don't know what to think of the baltimore ravens right now after just four games lamar jackson of course is playing at a all-time level i know a lot of people are comparing his start to the 2019 lamar jackson if not better but you can't give the ball away too and we saw that from him
2: yeah well um I'm just looking up just to make sure I don't speak out of turn the, the stats, of the game. I don't, I thought Lamar played. The thing with the Ravens right now is that Lamar is their entire offense. I believe going into this game, he had like 70 80% of their rushing yards to go with, obviously having all of their passing yards. That's pretty extreme usage and not sustainable. And then, yeah, this game he had two picks. Still led the team in rushing, of course, uh, with well, 11 for 73. But, um, yeah, th- their running backs just don't seem to uh, fully get it going. J.K. Dobbins, 41 yards. Justice Hill, 45 yards. Hill's on a good average, but Dobbins at three yards a carry. That's what we're yelling at, at Mixon about doing. Uh, so, I don't know. I It's a weird team. And when they jumped out to their lead, I thought, oh, man, is this going to be like a real, real good Ravens team that the Bengals have to play because they're beating up on the Bills? But then they let the Bills back in the game, just like they did the Dolphins, and then it makes them feel very beatable.
1: Yeah, I know we're going to preview more on Tuesday and Thursday's episode to look ahead to that huge, huge first place Sunday night football game for the Cincinnati Bengals and the Baltimore Ravens. But just some early looks at it when I see what the Ravens have looked like a couple of times in the second half, they their blown leads. And I think about Lou, I think about this defense in the second half of a lot of games. And yeah, I mean, even early on, they're stopping a lot of offenses, but they just always seem like a second half team, no matter what what the first half looks for like for them defensively. They make the adjustments, and they showed last year. And, of course, all teams are going to change, and Lamar Jackson is playing great right now. But I feel like they put on paper how you stop a guy like Lamar Jackson, and it doesn't matter if it's on the road, if it's at home. Um, I really trust in what Lou and this defense can do as a game plan, even without DJ Reader, who's obviously their best defensive player, who's going to be out for a few more weeks. But an early look, early expectations – I would feel pretty good if I was I was the Bengals defense and and, and even offense right now.
2: Yeah, I mean, the win against Miami is well, I don't know. It's kind of like when college football has like those statement wins. Even though Tua went out, it was like that was a defense that just held the Bills to so many points. That's an offense that was like the number two offense by DVOA, and you I mean they 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 stifled them with Tua in there. I know it sucks. Tua got hurt. And then Bridgewater finished it. Bridgewater is a very, very capable, could be the best backup in the league. So I think the defense really showed and the offense showed this team is for real. I think uh, this defense specifically, I mean, I think I am ready for the top five conversation. Number seven in DVOA heading into the week. And then you stop the number two team in that same stat. I think next week you're going to see him jump up even more it's uh it's starting to move into okay this defense is really really good although they haven't played a run game like the ravens yet i will say they have historically no i shouldn't say historically they got trounced in 2020 but in 2021 last year they did a good job against the ravens run game and that was with reader though so in the game without reader they gave up like almost 300 yards (laughs) uh
1: Well, just thinking you mentioned it though, and Thursday night, obviously Tula goes out and all of that's very unfortunate. Nobody wants to see that happen. And I really do hope everything goes well and, and two is back in action soon. But no everyone should be talking about the Bengals defense. They should be talking about that being a statement win for Cincinnati because when Tula was in there, they they were stopping them too. Tula threw an interception to Von Bell. And I still feel like that game is so overlooked. And it sh- I mean, obviously a topic of conversation, we should be talking about what happened with Tua, but people do need to realize what the defense was able to do that whole entire game. And then the offense, who still hasn't played a complete offensive game for them, they did enough. They did enough. They got T involved because Jamar Chase was getting quadrupled team, which I didn't even think was possible until I started watching some of the highlight tape. And I'm like, well, their their whole defense is focused on Jamar Chase. And then when you have a talent at, T, at wide receiver and T Higgins, that allowed uh, T to go off and, and even Tyler Boyd at times. So. I, it's unfortunate that we we can't really, we see it as a win for Cincinnati, but I, I just don't feel like overall when it comes to the attention of what Cincinnati was able to do or come back from an 0-2 start to be 2-2, and should be a topic of conversation right now.
2: And I think, other things that Cincinnati struggled with aren't being talked about the same way as uh, some other things. It seemed like the Bills may have had some issues with some cover two today, and uh, when the Bengals struggled with cover two, it was a whole bunch of well, Zach Taylor can't design an offense, and Joe Burrow can't figure it out. You think last year the Chiefs struggled a little bit with cover two? It's it's a tough defense to throw on, and you really have to actually prepare for it specifically and really work the beaters for it because what it does is it takes away your deep shots with the two high safeties and you let those corners really sink underneath in the NFL and come down, rally and tackle. Um, So that you're taking away all the deep stuff. The short stuff is a tiny bit flooded with all the zone down there. And uh, so you have to hit either tight window, short stuff or intermediate stuff that takes time to develop. So when you have not great offenses, not great running games, bills Bengals, at the time at least it uh it's it's a good defense to try to take all that away so well i think there were some execution and maybe even design flaws with what the Bengals were doing early in the season and they haven't really seen a crap ton of cover two since then um the bill but the dolphins tried to play it i think they played it eight times a bird was like eight of eight for a hundred something yards so uh, it didn't work out but yeah i i think we should talk more about that cover two is a tough defense to throw on when you can't run the ball and you don't have a great offensive line compared to saying cover two is really something the Bengals struggle with. It seems like something when the Chiefs offensive line was bad, they struggled with, when the Bills offensive line was bad, they struggled with.
1: You mentioned what Burrow looked like in cover two a little bit on Thursday night, and obviously that was a topic of conversation. You see Baltimore do that again today defensively. Do you expect to see the same thing for Baltimore and maybe this is a sign that things could be changing for Joe Burrow and what this offense looks like against cover two?
2: I think of Baltimore's defense fairly similar to Miami's. They're very blitz heavy Um, and why they do that is neither one of these teams has that guy as a pass rusher. I think Odafe Owe is a good player but i also think melvin ingram is a good player and christian wilkins is a good player all these guys are like good players but they're they're not micah parsons tj watt even quinn and williams to me is a, a a step above that so i think i i can't imagine that after last year baltimore is going to go out there and try to blitz joe burrow i just i think the players would riot like even if this defensive coordinator is going to think well i've got better blitzes than wink martindale and he likes the blitz and all this other stuff i think the players are just going to go like no that that shouldn't be the plan it shouldn't be the plan (laughs) like we want to play eyes on him and play deep and take away that stuff so but i don't know defensive coordinators have egos we saw with robert sala where he kept playing single high despite everybody in the world knowing not to do that and then the dolphins have a better game plan but still got shredded because this offense is finally all starting to click together and it's tough to guard that for 60 minutes. Um, yeah. I, Yeah. I think just thinking about this game, it's a lot of like, man, I don't think they'll do this, but I think I also said like, I don't think the jets are going to not play cover. I don't think the jets are going to play single high like they normally do. And then they went out there and did that.
1: Yeah, no, it's going to be, I mean, I'm just already pumped about the matchup. It's going to be a big week in Cincinnati. And obviously, if you're the Sunday night football producers, you are so pumped about this because normally though, when the expectations are super high for a game in the NFL, they never live up to the hype but there's a lot of revenge in this game. Obviously Cincinnati swept Baltimore last year. I know Lamar only played in one game and I've heard enough about all the injuries the Baltimore Ravens had last year. Um, I don't need to be reminded of those. And then you go into this game and obviously Cincinnati is going to want to get a divisional one. It's huge. Joe Burrows mentioned it before it counts as two. We're going to have more of that as the week goes on previews, recaps, all of that fun stuff, but I still want to recap the day in the AFC North and we'll move along to what the tape showed from Thursday night football with this offensive line and quarterback back, Joe Burl next on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati.